Simon Peter's priesthood had a rough start, a very rough start. After Jesus gave the apostles the power to consecrate the Eucharist at the Last Supper, when he said to his apostles, do this in remembrance of me, Peter, as we heard a few moments ago, immediately got into a verbal dispute with Jesus. A little later on, the same night, he was reprimanded by our Lord. He fell asleep on the job. He denied his Savior three times, and he ran away in fear. Not exactly what I would call a promising ministry. This is why, my brothers and sisters, you need to pray for your priests. I'm serious about that. You need to pray for them every day. See, we priests have been given a great gift. We've been given an incredible power. We have the power to call upon Almighty God and have Almighty God respond. We call upon the Lord to become present to us at Mass. And that's exactly what God does. God the Son responds to our words by becoming present to us, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We say, I absolve you from your sins. And the worst of sins, committed by the worst of sinners, are taken away immediately. We've been given the power to act in persona Christi, in the person of Christ himself when we celebrate the sacraments. And yet, at the same time, we retain our humanity, warts and all. Consequently, if we're not careful and vigilant and prayerful and disciplined, we can become just like Simon Peter on Holy Thursday night and give in to our weaknesses. And we all have them, believe me. The Catechism of the Catholic Church puts it this way. It says, The presence of Christ in the minister, here meaning the priest, is not to be understood as if the latter were preserved from all human weaknesses, the spirit of domination, error, even sin. The power of the Holy Spirit does not guarantee all acts of ministers in the same way. While this guarantee extends to the sacraments, so that even the minister's sin cannot impede the, impede the fruit of grace, in many other acts the minister leaves human traces that are not always signs of fidelity to the gospel, and consequently can harm the apostolic fruitfulness of the Church. I'll give you one example tonight of this phenomenon. I'll give you one example of how easily we priests can give in to our weaknesses. Some of you probably heard about this. Recently, a controversy erupted at my alma mater, Providence College. It involved a 22-year-old senior resident advisor named Michael Smolanskis. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm going to call him Michael S. from now on in this homily. His last name's a real tongue twister. Michael S.'s sin, his horrible, reprehensible, politically incorrect sin was to post a bulletin board in his dorm upholding traditional marriage. On the top of the bulletin board it says marriage colon 
the way God intended it. And at the bottom it says, one man on one side and one woman on the other. There are a couple of good quotes on it, one of which is, marriage should be reinforced, not redefined. Another is from Pope Francis who said, we must reaffirm the right of children to grow up in a family with a father and a mother. There's even a quote from Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, and the two shall become one flesh. There's no attack on anyone, no name-calling on this bulletin board, no hateful, vulgar language, just a basic affirmation of the truth. The truth that the Catholic Church has proclaimed and taught for 20 centuries, and which, until a few years ago, almost everyone, including atheists, believed. Now, given the fact that PC is a Catholic school run by the Dominican Fathers, there should be no problem with a student publicly supporting traditional marriage in this way. Right? Wrong. Michael S. has been threatened and harassed and publicly vilified on campus by some of his fellow students since he did this. A few weeks ago, someone put a cartoon of him being sodomized on the wall of the bathroom of his dormitory. One article I read recently, he was quoted as saying, Michael was, I couldn't even go to brush my teeth for several nights without facing a mob in my hallway. Of course, the president of Providence College, Father Shanley, and the many other priests, professors there at my alma mater immediately came to the defense of Michael S. Right? And like good professors, they used this incident as an opportunity, as an opportunity to educate their students on marriage and clarify what the Catholic Church really teaches about people who experience same-sex attraction, that they're children of God, made in God's image that they're loved with an eternal love, just as they are, that they're redeemed by the blood of Christ, that they're called to holiness and ultimately to eternal life with God in heaven, and that they deserve the same respect that every human being deserves. These priests then went on to tell their students that it's no sin to experience same-sex attraction, but it is sinful to engage in, in sexual activity of any kind outside of marriage, of any kind. And marriage, of course, here meaning between one man and one woman. This is what Father Shanley and the majority of priest professors at PC did for their students in response to this controversy on campus. They defended traditional marriage and they helped their students to understand the what and the why of church teaching on this issue. Right? Wrong. Again. That's what they should have done, but didn't do. Instead, far too many of them have been either silent or weak in their responses. For example, in the letter he wrote to the PC community last week, Father Shanley said this. He said, it belongs to a Catholic college to consider the views of those who disagree with the Church's teaching in the spirit of the disputed question. You know what? Father Shanley is absolutely correct. 
For a comprehensive education, it's important for you to consider the opposing views that are out there, views of those who disagree with you, like Thomas Aquinas did, the great Dominican saint, in his Summa Theologica. But first of all, my brothers and sisters, you need to be grounded in the truth, like Thomas Aquinas was grounded in the truth. Then he could look at opposing views and evaluate them properly. But these young people at PC are not schooled in, in things. They don't understand the truth about marriage, so they th see the teaching of the Church as just one opinion, among many opinions. Consequently, they have no problem rejecting it. As I said at the beginning, we priests need prayers. Lots of prayers. Because it's very easy for us to be like Peter on Holy Thursday night and give in to our human weaknesses, as hopefully I've made clear in this homily. You know, I'm not just pointing the finger at Father Shanley and the Dominicans at PC here. I'm also pointing the finger at myself. I'm as weak as anybody else. And I know there have been times when I've allowed my weaknesses and not my faith to guide me in my priestly ministry. Of course, I do find hope for myself, the priests at Providence College, and for all priests. I find my hope in the fact that Peter's priesthood did not end on day one. Yes, he began in weakness, he began in sin on Holy Thursday night in Jerusalem, but Peter ended in strength and in virtue, and in holiness, many years later in Rome. A rough start, but a real strong finish. And in between, Peter learned to live strong in his priesthood by the power of God's grace. So please, my brothers and sisters, pray for your priests. Pray for them to become strong in their faith. Pray for them to live strong in their faith. And pray for them all to finish strong in their faith so that they can help you and all the people of God do the same thing.